All right, thank you for tuning in, those that are watching online and those that are here today. Uh, last week, we started a three-week Bible study called Between Sundays. Uh, and the idea behind this little study is that coming to church on Sunday morning, of course, is an important part of your discipleship process. That week-by-week week attending church is the Bible talks about the importance of gathering as God's people. That's an important part of your discipleship process. But the, the question we're talking in this series is, but what about between Sundays? How are we supposed to live between Sundays? Are there some things that, that we should be doing between Sundays rather than waiting on next Sunday to come? And if there are some things between Sundays, how do we do those things? So we're trying to make this a very personal, very practical Bible study for three weeks, we're asking that question, what should I give my time and energy to between Sundays? So last week as we started the study, uh, we talked about between Sundays, open your Bible every day and let God show you truth that you can't find anywhere else. That rather than just coming on Sundays and, and letting me teach you or your BSF teacher teach you, those are great things Please continue to do those things. But between Sundays, you need to open the Bible for yourself. And you need to dig deeper into God's Word. And you need to find truth you can't find anywhere else. We want to be like the Bereans. Remember last Wednesday night, Acts 17, to talk about the Bereans that they met with Paul every Sabbath, every Shabbat. They met in the synagogue to, to hear what Paul had to say. But it also said in Acts 17... They received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day. They not only went to synagogue and heard what Paul had to say, but the Bereans examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true. And last week I gave you three practical steps for diving into God's Word. And I'm just going to give them to you. I'm not going to reteach that. We said never read just one Bible verse. Pay attention to the whole context. We said, number two, track down the key words. Use the cross-references. Let, let Scripture interpret Scripture for you. So read the cross-references to the verses you're studying. And number three, don't assume you know everything. Just be curious. Rather than saying, oh, I already know this. I've already read this before. Be curious and try to learn something new. So that's all last week. It's online, I think, and you could watch it if you weren't here. So, that, so last week we were talking about between Sundays, let's open God's Word and let let God speak to us, okay? That, that was last week. This week, the lesson is closely related to that, or at least connected to that, I should say. Tonight's topic is walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. The word walk in the Bible is often a metaphor for practical daily living. I want to say that one more time. When you see the word walk in the New Testament, it really is a metaphor many times for practical daily living. The Christian life is a journey. It's a walk. We're to walk out our faith. We're to live out our faith in God. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. How do we, between Sundays, how do we walk out our faith? Between Sundays, we, we come here on Sunday morning and we hear about faith and we declare our faith and we sing about faith and we pray in faith. But between Sundays... How do we walk out our faith? How do we live out our faith? The biblical way of doing that is to walk in the Spirit. I'll, I'll explain what that means, but I want you to make sure, if you're taking notes, I want to make sure that you understand this concept and you write this down. The biblical way to do that is by walking in the Spirit. Now, 
I need somebody who has the King James Version to read a verse for me. Uh, everybody look it up, but I, I need somebody to read it who has the King James Version. Gal do, you, do you have it? All right. So I want everyone to look up Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Galatians 5, verse 25, if you could read that for me. Yeah, I, let me say it in case you didn't hear it in the back of those online. It says in Galatians 5, 25, in the King James Version, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's where I get the title from tonight's lesson or the topic for tonight is what does that mean to walk in the spirit the NIV uh, somebody who has the NIV would you read that same verse for us in the NIV yeah I like that wording in the NIV since we live by the spirit I like this wording let us keep in step with the spirit so between Sundays our goal is to live by the Spirit or to keep in step with the Spirit. Now, it's very evident if you look at that, that one verse that this idea of walking in the Spirit or keeping in step with the Spirit is talking about our daily living. It's not talking about some kind of a unusual experience, an ecstatic experience with, with God through the Holy Spirit. That's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about daily living with God. In fact, if you go to Romans chapter 8, we're going to use a lot of verses tonight. I hope you'll write down these references if you're taking notes. Romans chapter 8, uh, we'll look at that for, uh, in, in a little bit in, in more detail. But I want you to see one verse right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this. Well, let's start at verse 13. For if you live according to the sinful nature, that's one option living according to the sinful nature. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if, watch this, by the Spirit, not by your own determination, not by your own discipline, not by your own habits, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And then watch what he says in verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I want you to notice that phrase, led by the Spirit of God. That's talking about daily living. It's talking about how you live your life between Sundays. Led by the Spirit of God. So, to put this in context, biblically, uh, to put this in context, we're born again by the Spirit of God. John chapter 3 talks about that, especially verse 6. We won't read it, but John 3, 6 talks about being born again by the Spirit of God. All of us, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, you're born again by the Spirit of God. And we must continue to live out the will of God day by day by that same Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives within us. So the Spirit of God enables us to be born again, but the Spirit of God also enables us to live day by day. The faith we have proclaimed. Now, I want to take a poll just to get your, your, your brain thinking a little bit. Uh, and, and just to see where you are on this issue. I'm going to ask you two questions. 
And I'm going to take a poll, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you agree or disagree, okay? Now, just keep in mind, the whole world is watching on TV right now. So you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're not going to be able to see what you're saying. But here's what I want, I'm going to take a poll. I want to see if you agree with this statement. The Christian life is so simple that even a child can live it. The Christian life is so simple that even a child can live it. Do you agree with that statement? All right, do you disagree with that statement? All right, I think it was unanimous. Uh, the Christian life is so simple, even a child can live it. We, we all said, yeah, I agree with that. Here's a second statement. The Christian life is so difficult, no one can live it. Agree or disagree? <laughs> oh, I had about two or three raise their hand. The rest of us say, well, I'm not so sure about that. Let me say those statements again. The Christian life is so simple that even the youngest child can live it. We said, yes. The Christian life is so difficult that no one can live it. I would say that it also is true. And that is why we have to live by the Spirit. You see, if you could live the Christian life in your own human flesh, you would need the Spirit of God. But the reason that God has given us the Spirit it's because we have sinful human natures and we can't live out the will of God apart from the Spirit of God. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. It is so practical because the Christian life is so simple that a child can live it, but the Christian life is also so difficult, no one can live it. Not in their human flesh. Because it is a supernatural life. It is the Christian life. It is the life of Christ. In fact, let me show you this in Scripture, uh, and we may come back to this at the end, but I want you to find Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Once you find it, I need somebody to read that for me. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Yes, thank you. Yeah. What a powerful verse. You know what that verse is saying? That verse is saying you can't live the Christian life apart from the Christ who lives in you. And how does Christ live in you? It is by the Holy Spirit. So both of these statements are true. The Christian life is so simple even a child can, can understand it and, and believe it and live it. But it is also so difficult that no one can do it. Apart from the Spirit of God. So, what do we do between Sundays? I said last week we dive into the Word of God so we can find truth we can't find anywhere else. Closely connected to that, we live in obedience to the Spirit of God. Let me show you how these are connected. The Spirit of God teaches us the Word of God so that he can empower us to live in the will of God. That's what you do between Sundays. The Spirit of God teaches us the Word of God so that He can empower us to live the will of God. So that's what, I'm kind of getting off script here, but let, let me just get back in here and see if we can pick this up and make this very personal and very practical. Um, 
Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Galatians chapter 5. Here's, here's what we read. Since we live by the Spirit. Now, by the way, let me, let me pause to give you the context. Uh, beginning in verse 16, it's talking about life by the Spirit. So I say, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So he's talking about your daily living between Sundays, your daily living, live life by the Spirit. And he says, so that you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. So in other words, if you're not living day by day by the Spirit of God, you're going to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. And the only way to avoid gratifying the desires of your sinful nature is to live according to the promptings and the leadership of the Spirit of God. And that's why he goes on, beginning in verse 17, to say the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, parentheses, day by day, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Then he goes on to say the acts of the sinful nature are these. uh, In verse 19 and following. And then he says in verse 22, we've studied this recently. The fruit of the Spirit are these. And he he explains that. Then that's why he comes to verse 25 and he says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Write this down just as an important note. If you're taking, taking notes, write this down. Just say important. Underline important and then write down this comment. If we're not living and walking by the Spirit, our Christian journey will be a lot more difficult than it needs to be. If we're not living and walking by the Spirit, our Christian journey will be a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Now here's the irony. The irony is that though this is one of the most important things in our Christian lives, it also is often one of the things we talk about the least. In fact, I would be, I'll be honest with you. When I was preparing this, I thought, you know what? When I, when I announced the topic, that the topic is walking by the Spirit, somebody's going to get a little uncomfortable. We're going to think that this is a charismatic doctrine or something, you know? Somebody's going to get a little nervous. Oh, we're talking about the Spirit. Please understand, God Himself has provided the Spirit of God so that you can be born again and so that you can live in the will of God and so that you can understand the Word of God. The Spirit of God is not to be feared, nor is it to be avoided. And the irony is is that it's one of the most important things in our lives, but it's one of the least talked about things. So, let's dig in. I've got... A lot to say tonight, but before we get too far, I think it would be good for us to pause and to remind ourselves who the Holy Spirit is and why we need Him in our lives on a daily basis. We know, if you know your Bibles at all, you know that the Spirit of God was poured out on believers in the New Testament in Acts 2 at the day of Pentecost. Now, at the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came to live in the people of God, the early believers, the Bible says, began to speak in other tongues. And what that meant was 
that they were able to speak in foreign languages so that everybody in Jerusalem that day could hear them praising God in their own language. So it didn't matter what part of the world they were from that day, when they came to Jerusalem to worship God, they were able to hear the people of God praising God in their own language. And that's what it meant by speaking in tongues. But the question that I want to ask for a moment, and we don't think about this often, how did we get to Pentecost? What came before that? What led to Pentecost? So we'll give you a very brief Bible summary here for just a moment uh, to help you understand why we even had the Pentecost. Why did the Holy Spirit come at Pentecost? Well, look, kind of back up in your mind to the Old Testament days. And in the Old Testament days, God gave the law to His people through Moses. The law was meant to instruct His people and to guide His people and to teach the people of God how to be the people of God. To teach them about the character of God and the will of God. But the Bible gives us example after example that though they were the people of God, their hearts were often rebellious and they consistently failed to obey the Word of God. So, so let me explain it to you this way. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God gave the law through Moses. The people of God had the law of God, and the law of God was to show them how to live their lives. But as they tried to follow and obey the law of God, it became, it became uh, obvious that there was some kind of problem because the rebellious heart of the people continually failed to live up to the law of God. Though God had told them how to live, though God showed them how to live, there was some, there was some kind of a heart problem, right? And they consistently failed to live according to the law of God. Or, to say it even worse, they consistently rebelled against the law of God and the will of God. So, with that in mind, I want you to go to 1 John. I want you to read chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. 1 John, chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And I want you to, uh, when you read this, I want you to answer a question. So I want you to read it to yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a question. 1 John, chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. So read those verses. So, what is the evidence, uh, or what is the sign that is evident that you know God, according to that scripture? What is the one sign that is, like, this is such an evident example that you know God? What is the one sign, according to that scripture? Okay. The way that you know that you, obe that, that you know God is that you obey Him. You obey His commandments. Now, keep that reference in mind as we think about the Old Testament people. God gave them the law. Did they obey His commandments? Sometimes. But did they consistently obey His commandments? No. They consistently rebelled against God's commandments. So, consistently, they did not have a heart to obey God. So, here's the question. How can people who do not have a heart to love and obey the Lord change? 
if you don't have this heart to love and obey the Lord, how do you change that situation? Go to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36, beginning in verse 26. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. This is what the word says. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Why is that needed? Because the old heart, the old human spirit was rebellious against God's law. Unable to live according to God's law. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit in you. Watch this. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And, not only that, here's the big verse, verse 27. And I will put my spirit, capital S, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God says there's coming a time when I'm going to not only give you a new spirit and a new heart, I'm going to put my spirit in you to enable you to obey my laws. So, guess what happened at Pentecost? At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit of God came to live in the people of God so that they could understand and obey His laws. Um, So God was fulfilling Ezekiel 36 at Pentecost. He poured out His Spirit and He indwelt the people of God so that they could obey the Word of God. Now, what does that mean for you and I on a day-to-day basis? Paul makes a case in Romans chapter 8. If you'll go to Romans chapter 8. Paul makes a case that this is the way we live out our faith. We live out our faith according to the Spirit Direction and the Spirit's empowering. Romans chapter 8. Paul says a lot about the Spirit of God. In fact, in my Bible, I don't know about in yours, but in my Bible, at the heading there above chapter 8, it says, Life through the Spirit. Does it say something like that in yours? Life through the Spirit. You know what Paul is going to say to the church at Rome? In your day-to-day living, between Sundays... Here's how you live out your faith. Here's how you live as a believer. Here's how you follow the Word of God and do the will of God. Life by the Spirit. So let's read and see what he says. Verses 1 through 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the what, church? the Spirit. Then he goes on to say, verse 5, 
Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, day by day, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Notice that the Spirit of God doesn't live outside us as believers. The Spirit of God is not just confined to heaven. But the Bible says that if you really are a Christian, the Spirit of God lives in you. Let's keep reading. Um, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, isn't that interesting? In verse 9, he talks about the Spirit of God being in you. And in verse 10, he talks about Christ in you. It is because the Spirit of God is Christ in you. And then he says, verse 10, But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now look at verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him, watch this is underlined, highlighted in my Bible. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could say it to you this way, walking in the Spirit or keeping in step with the Spirit is the simple antidote to many of the struggles with sin and the temptations that we face as Christians. Walking in the Spirit, living in step with the Spirit is the antidote to many of the temptations and the struggles that we have as Christians. What do you do between Sundays? Between Sundays, you're trying to allow the Spirit of God who lives in you to have control of you. Uh, you might want to just write that down. The Spirit of God who lives in me must have control of me so that I can walk and live in the Spirit. And Paul continues that. Let's pick up the verse 12. Therefore, Paul makes an application with the word therefore. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation... But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit... There's that phrase again, by the Spirit. You might want to underline that. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Walking by the Spirit doesn't mean you won't be tempted. Being led by the Spirit doesn't mean that you won't be tempted. But the Spirit gives us power to choose Christ over giving in to the temptations that we face. I, I just can't say that enough. It is the Spirit of God within you that, it, that gives you the power to submit to Christ rather than submitting to the temptations of your sinful nature. 
So living the Christian life between Sundays can feel impossible unless you're walking in the Spirit. That's why sometimes you get so frustrated. That's why sometimes you get so down and discouraged and you feel so defeated is because you failed again. You failed again. You failed again. And you'll keep failing. You're walking in the flesh and trying to defeat your sinful nature. You cannot defeat your sinful nature by walking in the flesh. You defeat your sinful nature by walking in the Spirit. You're not able to conquer your sinful nature. You're not able to overcome those temptations. You're not able to defeat that ongoing sin. You are not able. But the Spirit of God who lives in you is able. I want to show you this in Scripture. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Here's what he says, verse 16 and 17. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Just what I talked about. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Or if you are led by the Spirit, you will not be defeated. If the Christians that Paul was writing to in Galatia could not obey God without the Spirit of God, neither can we. If we tried to do life without the Spirit, it might appear to go well for a while. You might appear to be okay for a while. But eventually, the sinful nature is going to win. The sinful nature is going to step back on the center stage of your life. It is only when you live life according to the Spirit that you're able to experience victory. So, I told you I was going to try to make this as personal and as practical as possible. So, practically speaking, what does it mean... To walk by the Spirit or to live by the Spirit? And here's the easiest answer to that question. Walking by the Spirit means following the Spirit's lead. Following the Spirit's lead. In fact, if you look at the Greek word there for that phrase, uh, walk by the Spirit, if you look at the Greek language, it means to keep in step with or to uh, march in rank. Some of you folks were in military and you probably had to march in rank. You, there was somebody leading you, right? You, there was somebody out front and you had to march in rank following the leader. Or you think of the children's game, follow the leader. It's a, it's a simple concept. There's a leader and I've, I've got to go where the leader goes. I've got to do whatever the leader does. Follow the leader. What does it mean to walk In the Spirit. It means this. Watch this. It means follow the leader. What is the Spirit of God telling you to do? Follow the leader. And as you open... Watch this. This this ties into last Sunday. As you open the Word of God, the Spirit of God becomes your teacher to help you understand the will of God. And He empowers you to do that. 
you, you and I have just got to follow the leader. So when we talk about, when we talk about this idea of, of walking in the Spirit, I'm not talking about some kind of charismatic, ecstatic thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our lives being open to the Spirit of God who lives in us, the Jesus who lives in us, and every day allowing Him to show us how He wants us to live our lives. And then we decide, we decide to follow the leader that day. The Spirit of God that lives in us. We decide to follow the leader. And when we're faced with, with temptation, when the sinful nature presents itself with this temptation... And the Spirit of God presents itself with, this is what the righteous thing to do is. We follow the leader. That's what it really means. Following the Spirit's leading. To stay in step with the Spirit. In fact, I would go so far as to say fighting against sin and temptation is futile without the Spirit of God. Absolutely. Uh huh. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's good. You follow, yeah. And it's the Spirit of God who is with us every day showing us how to live the will of God. But here's the deal. Listen to, listen to this. What do you do between Sundays, day by day, you say, God, would you help me to follow you today? I told you we were going to go to Galatians 2.20 at the end. I want to go back to that for a moment. Take, take your, your Bibles. Galatians 2.20. This is highlighted in my Bible. I, I, I hope it's highlighted or underlined in yours. It doesn't mention the Spirit by name, but it does mention Christ who lives in us, who is the Spirit of God. So here's what he says. Paul, starting verse 19, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. Then he says in verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Now humanly speaking, he was still alive, Right? But he's saying, when he says, I no longer live, he said, it's not about me anymore. It's not, it's not me just trying to live in my human flesh and in my human nature. It's not just me anymore. It's not just me living. I no longer live. But now, it's different now, Christ lives in me. He's talking about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ that lives in him. Then he says, I, I like the way he, said, he phrases this, the life I live in the body. The life I live day by day in this flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Beautiful text. 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And I say to you, the reason you should choose the Spirit of God over the, the Spirit of your flesh is because He loved you and gave Himself for you. And He wants only what is best for you. He now lives in you. And, and now we have to decide every day. Between Sundays, we have to decide every day. We're going to allow Him to live in us today. And we're going to live for Him as He lives in us. Let, let me close by saying this. The Mosaic Law was good, but Paul makes the case in, in another scripture, Paul makes the case that the Mosaic Law was intended simply to lead us to Jesus. That it was a schoolmaster to lead us to Jesus. In other words, once we understand I'm never good enough to keep the law, then God uses that awareness to say, let me introduce you to Jesus. He's the only one who's ever been able to keep it perfectly. And so the law was intended to teach us that we needed Jesus, that we needed a Savior. The Mosaic law was good, but it was never enough to keep people from succumbing to their own fleshly desires. Just the law itself was never enough to keep people from doing the works of the flesh. Only the Spirit of God can lead us to live in the will of God. Now, the law or the Word shows us the will of God, but it is the Spirit of God in us that enables us to live in the will of God. So, I'll close with this formula. I gave it to you earlier. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God teaches us the Word of God and empowers us to live in the will of God. Spirit of God teaches us the Word of God and empowers us to live in the will of God. That's what you do some, some, between Sundays. Let me pray with you. Father, I pray that between Sundays you'd help us to live a life controlled by your Spirit. Live a life that's guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit of God within us. Help us to do that, I pray. May we simply... Follow the leader. Follow the leading of the Spirit in us rather than follow the leading of our flesh. And thank you that you not only point the way, but you empower us to do it. May we live in victory tomorrow as we follow our leader, the Lord Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Thank you, sir.